0: Hello, hello, it's Elaine Lindsay of True Social Media uh, here on BBP TV Show. That's our show where we have the most amazing guests that tell us all about their interests, their lives, and they always leave us with some really fascinating tips, tricks, and tweaks for your digital world. Today, I'm here with Christoph Trapp. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to Uh, see you again. It's it's really great to have Christoph. I have to tell you, I met him this year in Victoria when we were both at social media camp. Christoph was talking and he gave such a great talk on authentic storytelling. I thought, you know what? We've got to get him on the show. And his book says, Get Real. Well, (laughs) I'm definitely all about getting real. So I want to take a few seconds and give you a little bit of history because, wow, he's got quite the resume. Uh, Christoph, uh, you, you lead a content and digital transformation in B2B publishing, I understand. And he's a career storyteller who's worked as a journalist. Uh, he's been with United Way, uh, Medtouch, and mm-hmm. um, he is one of the top 25 content marketers out there. He does public relations. He is, excuse me, he is a public relations leader. And um, you were just marked as one of the top 100 out there yesterday. I happened to see yet another award. There's a lot of, of good information, but let me say this he really knows how to craft. Your stories and how to be real in crafting your stories. I think it's really incredible. Uh, His background is in originally, I believe, the health field and as a journalist with uh, community news, which really gives you, I bet, a wealth of information that can really help you in storytelling in pretty much any niche. I want to read you one quote I found that Christoph put out there that I think is really excellent. It's, sorry, bosses, many times you're not your organization's target audience. Such <laughs> a good point.
1: It's hard to remember.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get into it when we get into the book because that was one of the things that really fascinated me. You talk about... Um, interior and exterior audiences. And it's something people just don't think about often. You want to maybe give them a better idea of what I'm muttering on about.
1: Yeah, you bet. Uh, Thanks again for having me. So uh, what's really interesting, it used to be in marketing, you would have an interior uh, like an internal audience and external audience right so so basically what my internal message is uh, is different from my external which doesn't actually work in practice because bottom line is uh, i was talking to a ceo one time and she wanted to blog and basically what what she said is should this be internal or external i said well how many employees do you have and she says oh we have about twelve thousand employees Well, bottom line is, you get anything in front of 12,000 people or even 6,000 or 3,000, there's no such thing as internal or external. (laughs) So everything you say has to be external, right? So if something gets out there, uh, you don't like it because you you didn't vet it or whatever. So keep that in mind. Your your message, your story can't change too much. So, for example, I'm talking about this stuff. You know, I'm, I'm talking here and there. And my story never really changes. The examples change and the experiences change and how you do it in different, in different industries might change. But overall, my message to you doesn't change. If I go to my wife tonight and she'll say, I don't want to hear about storytelling anymore. But again, same thing, right? <laughs> so, but of course, for the powers that be, sometimes that's really hard to remember because people, and this is a, this is a human thing, right? We, we make decisions based on our perception. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're the boss and, and you say, this is my perception that that works and you don't have any better numbers, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. And, and I'll give you this example. I, I am in B2B publishing currently uh, with three established media brands. And um, it used to be as a journalist, basically what you would do is if your boss liked your article, you, you did great. If nobody wrote in and complained, you're golden. You know, and and we don't know if anybody read it, right, because it's in print. But today I can tell you who reads what on all the websites, what articles take off, what are people interested in. So we know whether or not your good content was actually good content. So it's a very different world.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you can get as granular as knowing how much of that content they read.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes a big difference. Oh, that's that's a really good point. Sorry, I called it interior exterior, but same same sort of thing. I find that um, in in reading the book, as much as it's about stories and about authentic storytelling, for me, it seems like the ultimate how to for businesses to to really craft authentic stories and be able to understand the how and the why of everything. Mm -hmm. In this book, Christoph gives you all the points, all the tips from from headlines into um, how important we have being new. There's a a whole bunch of things I, I, I want you to sort of give people, but I want people to understand this is an incredible primer that you can use in any niche. And it actually wouldn't matter if you're a solo printer like me, Glamma printer, we have a small company. Uh, even if it's a gigantic corporation, the same tenets hold true. And and you're really uh, making a beautiful roadmap into how to be real.
1: Great. Yes. Thank you for saying that. That's exactly the intent, right? So people always say, what are the actionable steps? You know three to five actionable steps and i can give you the steps bottom line is you still have to take them yourself so but 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 in the book you can you can read them you can see this is what i have to do this is the next step if you're stuck you can go back and you can say why didn't something work and here's why it didn't work because we we, we missed a step or we're uh you know we're, we're not currently actively doing it it's very similar to i'll I'll tell you i uh, so i played football um at the university of iowa um almost 20 years ago now uh but but uh, I was an offensive lineman so i gained a lot of weight and you know then i lost a lot of weight um probably you know 140 pounds right around there and the the bottom line is it's a very deliberate thing you can't lose 140 pounds if you don't keep track of every calorie coming in every calorie going out through exercising that kind of thing and it's very similar with some of these techniques because we're all in these systems of this is how you do it this is the corporate culture you're in and if you don't deliberately change them and deliberately keep pushing to change them uh, you can't do it right so that's really what it's trying to help you do figuring out what are the steps if a step isn't working how do you get back to it how do you keep moving forward um and 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 keep pushing along.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that it's really good because uh, it can be very intimidating for businesses and for, for people to, you know, somebody just says to them, yeah, you've got to be authentic, you know, do some storytelling. We're hearing that everywhere. Everywhere you turn, people tell stories, tell stories. But you're actually making it viable for them to understand exactly what that means in terms of their actual stories and how they relate that to what's actually happening either with their company or outside their company. And I think that's that's what really fascinated me. That's odd. I'm hearing myself back which I did can I get you to maybe sit back just a wee bit from your mic? It's it's a funny thing in live streaming. You tend to get Reverb only when you get a little closer to your mic Very Which is totally counterintuitive to radio or television Oh, well, it's just a little bit so not too bad
1: and can you still hear me? I can move the yep. mic a little bit. Hold on I hear
0: you perfectly.
1: Let's, how's that? That's good. Still good. Okay.
0: Yeah <coughs> So at what point Did you realize that? you needed to write this book
1: well so funny story so i've been a storyteller for forever and ever and so i grew up in journalism moved that to corporate communications you know uh, marketing those kind of things and so i was blogging you know i've been blogging for a long time and basically what what happened is uh, so i started the authentic storytelling blog maybe that was the start of that project AuthenticStorytelling.net has about a half a million readers or so and people kept saying you should write a book about this topic even joe polizzi who you know i think i quoted in my keynote he's the content marketing he was the founder of the content marketing institute and even he said to me you got to write a book and i said i don't have to write a book people can just read my blog and they do and he goes yeah 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 and they do read your blog but it's different when you have that book in your hands and then you know of course now you can distribute it and now i mean even you saw it at the conference they gave a book to everybody at the conference they I they, mean they couldn't have said, here's a printout of the blog, or they you know, or it's not the same thing. And then even the, the chief strategy officer at MetTouch, that's Sandra Fancher, she kind of kept pushing that too. She kept saying, You should really just write a book. You write every day anyways, you might as well get that out of your system. And what's really interesting is when you actually self-publish, you learn a lot, right? Because yeah. um, first of all, how do you do it? How does it look? How do you update it? How do you, you know, how do you get a cover? You know how do you how do you go about that and then how do you market it once it's out the door so finally those two mostly they kept bringing it up and they said it a couple times and and they kind of convinced me to do it and it is the blog to book strategy so basically everything in the book is also on the blog they're not as you know they're it's not just a collection of blog posts so it's there's a lot of rewriting that happened and a lot of changing of where it goes, and then I cut things and all these different things. and um you know, and then I just published it. And what's interesting, I did another book, uh, and it's already outdated, but it's about 50 pages on live video, and it still has blab in it, so super outdated <laughs> already, right? I know, but that's how you know, yeah, anyway. I, it's only 50 pages. I didn't do as much rewriting, didn't do as many transitions as the, the much longer book in storytelling and Amazon rejected it. And they said, um, this seems to be uh, an exact replica of what's available for free on the Web. Um, wow. Please tell us why that might be and where we may have found the free content. Uh. So they don't tell me where they found it. They just say, you know, and yeah. I And So then I wrote back and I said, well, I'm sure you found it on authenticstorytelling.net because that's where I wrote it yeah. and it's on there because it, that's my site and I own the, the, the content. Um, and I want to publish it as a book because you know, all the reasons I just mentioned and they, yeah. they set it free and it's, it's still available. I would don't buy it, please. It's way outdated. <laughs> um, I mean, because stuff changes too fast, you know? But
0: um, you heard it here first, folks. That's that's the the only time an author is ever going to tell you, "Yeah, don't buy that." Okay. Don't don't Talk buy about my book. authentic. Okay, that one, ding ding winner. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> At least that one. The other two, you can. But um, so anyway, so that's kind of what what spurred that. And now it's 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 actually a fantastic tool. You know, like you can take it to events. You can. Uh, like every once in a while, I go to a conference and somebody says, oh, did you bring your?" I actually ran to a guy in the airport one time and he said, do you have a copy of your book with you? And, I, and I'm like, yeah, I, I carry like 10 copies around everywhere I go. Of course, I didn't have a copy, right? But he says, well, I still like one. He just actually, he paid me right then. And then I send wow. it to him when I got home um, because he wanted to sign copy. But, but it was... Um, but you can't do that with a blog, you know, even if the, you no. have a successful blog, it doesn't work that way.
0: No. Well, not only that, but it takes time to comb through a blog, to right. go and pick the pieces you need. The book has everything right exactly where you need it, in the order that you need it. And, and yep. that's, I think, what makes it so great is because it is in the way that you can use it. What I found really interesting is... It's also set up in a way that um, I was helping somebody else out with them trying to put a, a particular story out, and uh, I we'd done the headlines, we'd done something else, and right, right at the back of the book you have, I mean you have things on ROI and and what have you, but um, you you had a story about the do not reply to this email. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: And it was actually, it was just, I don't know if it was because it was funny or what it was, but it just sort of broke the lock that this guy was in. And he said, oh, and he he went on to finish what he was doing, understanding that it didn't have to be so deadly serious. Okay. He just, you know, he just seemed to think everything had to be, oh, so serious. And I said, no, look, you can inject a little humor. What, what I'm talking about, I'll let kristoff tell you about Do Not Reply. And I just think it's hilarious because you see it so often, okay? I mean, yeah. we all get every day probably something that comes from Do Not Reply. Don't it, you just it, once it, want to do it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, It's the dumbest thing ever, honestly, and especially... Uh, I mean, there's some places where it's fine, you know, if, if it's like an alert or something like from an airline or whatever. But we'll, we have some companies out there. They're all like about, oh, two way communication, build engagement. Yes. And then and then their email comes from do not reply. Yeah. So what what I'm telling people is stop it, knock it off, yeah. use an email, either a person or a brand or something a little bit more, um, a little bit more personal and then send it from there. And then also, and I know this gets really hard. I mean, I'm working with brands, they send hundreds of thousands of emails, you know, in, in, in a couple of days. So you can't uh, monitor them all. And then of course you also get out of office replies from people, right? I mean, depending when you send an email, you might get like uh, 20,000 out of office. So you actually, what you have to do is you have to filter the out of offices into yeah. the trash immediately. And then you have a folder where you keep track of what people are saying. But yeah. when I worked in, in nonprofits, what they did, they actually had people reply to their emails and they weren't even personal emails. They were just emails. They were like, um, here's something coming up. Here's what's new, blah, blah, blah. And people would reply and say, oh, um, did you get my donation? Yeah. You don't want to miss that email. Right. I mean, no. seriously, you want to circle back and say, oh, we did or we didn't. Um, so you do want to figure out a way to monitor and and filter out. Um, all those emails that you don't actually need to see because out of office you don't need to see necessarily, um, you know. But it's it's such uh, we're preaching community engagement, and then guess what? Yeah, we're
0: yeah.
1: Reply email, it, and even like- if
0: it's one in five thousand that has a message that's important, that's right. worth it. I don't care how big the company is or how small. And and as you say that we do preach community engagement, we preach building relationships. It's pretty hard to build a relationship when you're told not to reply. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, all the things not to do. Well, we have that on
1: social media too. You know, everybody is out there blabbing and then they don't reply. I always, I reply to most people. Yeah. Um, there's a few people, sometimes I mute them if they're just constantly trying to get into an argument. Yeah. Um, the other day there was some, I don't I, I remember what I, what I wrote about. I wrote about something and some guy replied and he basically wrote a blog post saying that whole blog post wasn't good or something or his experience is different. That hasn't happened to him, blah, blah, blah. And, but I, he didn't even tell me that what he wanted until I had to click, right? So apparently he wanted me to share it. Yeah. I, I think I liked it and then I moved on, but I don't know what else to even do with that, right? So like, just, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean just because you're talking to me doesn't mean that I'll um, I'll share your story with everybody. I'll pay attention unless you're you're turning into a troll, you know, or the digital lynch mob, which is kind of another unfortunate thing we're seeing Mm -hmm. out there anymore. But the one thing, you know, that I've learned over the years is that if you're doing it well, some people will actually not like you and some people will actually uh, be mean and share things and, you know, and and what's interesting is, that, so I did a video about that. Have you seen those, the mean tweets on Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. So I, I did that for my own mean tweets that people have sent to me. And I shared them, right? And and But when you first start getting those kind of things, people, Ooh, it, it doesn't feel good. You don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. So you just kind of have to let them go and then turn them into a video and put that in a blog post. <laughs> um, but of course, the, <laughs> you it's know. suddenly
0: going to so. be a flood. <laughs> mean tweets yeah so yeah no and and that's that's a really good point and i think often um you know just even it's not been very many years since a lot of companies were very locked down about letting the employees do anything online or on social because everybody was so afraid of, of what was going to happen would there be trolls would someone say the wrong thing when, when we have to realize that, you know, guess what? Humans aren't perfect. None of them. Um, I, I've taken to a new saying. I'm always telling people, if humans were perfect, there'd only be two. Could be a man and woman, that'd be it. It'd be done. <laughs> so stop trying to attain the unattainable. People understand, you know what? We all make mistakes. We just have to own them. And, right. and isn't that more endearing to you, would you not trust someone more if they owned up to the fact that they made a mistake? They, you know, tweeted something wrong or they they posted something that was incorrect or, or you know, they went off on someone to come back and say, I'm really sorry, you know, I was having a bad day or or what have you. That I think is much more healthy for a relationship to build. Than trying to make sure that the only things that go out are very one note. If but and people
1: think. do that on Twitter. They go and apologize. I they do that. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a, not as often as they ought to, and and there's some who should be apologizing, and don't. But you have to. I think. I think people have. Um, had to sort of take a deep breath and go past the problem of trolls and past the problem of, you know, improper posts and people, you know, deciding that they just can't agree with what you're putting out. I think they're a lot fewer and more far between than the people who are actually taking value from what we post. I know in your case, the other day you were posting about uh, Facebook took away uh, the scheduling, just apropos of nothing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You know, things things change on social all the time. And it can be difficult for companies, especially big companies that are mired in you know, procedures and, and our policies dictate and you have to go through all these channels. It makes it very hard to stay up to speed with something like social media where things just, you know, turn on a dime and you never know from one day to the next. Have you got any good tips for people on how to kind of roll with the punches?
1: Yeah. So, so here's how you do it. High level strategy right here's what we're trying to accomplish here's here are our goals here's how here's what we want to accomplish and then continuously go you always go and go and go and try new things i'll give you an example instagram tv launched a little bit ago here ig and and yeah ig tv and it's it's totally dumb if you think about it because what they're saying is their only differentiator is that people want to watch like that vertical vertical But most everybody watches like this. And what's funny about that is when I teach content creators and to do video, everybody always holds the phone like this, right? Because it's natural. And I say, sideways, I don't even say, you know, um, <laughs> horizontal, but, but sideways, right. hold sideways. But now what they're saying is that, oh, people will watch video like this, which is probably true, but it's hardly a differentiator, right? Yeah. So, but 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 everybody, out there the second they launched they had stuff on their channels so people said to me how do they have how do they have stuff on their channels they just launched like last night and so what they do is they just take their other videos they put them on igtv doesn't look perfect nobody cares so so that's what the people who actually know how to do social do it and they did it and it didn't it didn't look perfect um but what they didn't do is they didn't say okay, we're hiring an IGTV producer and director, and then let's set up the team and we'll produce stuff, right? That's not what they do. They just get to it. And um, there's actually about maybe three to six month period of where you can actually monetize and build audience on new things because the second it works, they just change the rules again anyways, right? So you have to hop on the bandwagon. You have to try. You have to see if it works. And then... And then you kind of move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, that's that's such a good point. It's like, you know, Facebook stories are now really taking over because they worked so well on Instagram. So Facebook's saying, well, hey, let's let's get on this bandwagon. We own all these things. Let's make the most of it. And um, we had a discussion with a number of social media people, Mari Smith and and, uh, a few others that we've chummed around over the past few years. And um, everybody said the same thing. It seems to be this is a millennial thing. This is millennial. This Mm -hmm. is the rest of us. Because millennials, although they watch YouTube and what have you, they are used to watching it on a phone.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Most of them don't bother with a desktop or even a laptop. You know, a, a, a big thing would, would be a tablet. So they're so used to the verticality. That's really why IGTV came out with what it did. The unfortunate thing is most of what you want to do in a video doesn't work for Oracle. If you want to have people side by side, if you want to show somebody something you have with you, you just don't have that win. And I think it's going to be interesting to see just how far it goes before people realize that, you know, just taking the effort to turn sideways is actually going to be a good thing because you get a much better view. You know, it's like pan- panoramic images. You you want to see three sixty. That's because we like to see what's on the periphery. You can't just, you know, make everything in this one little vertical. Verticals are for business, right? I don't think they're for video.
1: Right. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. But you know, this the the iPhone and I know Android devices as well. Um, I, I mean, they are uh changing how people create things you know even uh, so so i wrote my books on my phone yeah on a plane you know i mean basically i'm like this if you know with i'm typing or i'm voice dictating yeah and now i even have those airpods you know i put the airpods in and now i'm voice dictating through the airpods so um so it's changing and some people say to me when they when they've never thought about it or they've never done it they say, oh my God, I need a I need a keyboard to write. I can't write a phone. And had you asked me maybe 10 years ago, I would have said, Oh, I need a keyboard too. But today, you know, you use whatever tools are are helping you make it work.
0: And and you know, I, I'm a baby boomer. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm the much older generation. I'm also the world's worst typist. So for me, adopting the new technology is dead simple because it means less mistakes. It means people can understand what I'm saying. I don't accidentally sext people like my son or anyone else because <laughs> that's another story for another day. Uh, just, yeah, just not, not a good thing. But that kind of dexterity that the millennials have and the kids who have been born into an internet world it's amazing to see, and I'm 62. I'm proof positive that anybody can learn to utilize it. Mm-hmm. But don't you think it's a lot easier to just hold this with, with earbuds and and talk? I, I sure. mean, that just makes so much more sense to me than than typing everything. Not only that, I have to put my glasses on if I want to type on my phone. Right.
1: Still read it. Before you send anything voice dictated, make sure you read it because yeah. you never know how it might end yeah. up.
0: And depending depending on, on your voice, depending on, you know, I have a bit of a lisp. And when Siri first came out, Siri had a problem understanding me. <laughs> she decided that, yeah, I, I just did not speak English well enough for her. Oh. I have an Android. I have a Google uh, Pixel 2 XL. And it's it's understanding me a little better these days. But I think they've all evolved that way, so that all of the voice, you know, Dragon, uh, all of the speaking programs, they they all take into account these different regional accents and and yeah. dialects, which really makes it easier for people to do. But being able to voice something when you're traveling or when you're you know waiting. If somebody's waiting at the dentist's office or or you're waiting around for another appointment or or something happening. It's so much easier to just be able to speak what it is that you want. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you have to proofread whatever you put out anyway. Or you right. certainly should anyway. You bet. So in terms of this, I, I find your, your style of writing is really comfortable. It's very... Um, it's not just interesting to read, but it, it makes you want to learn more and take in more, which I think is really great. So when's the next book and what's it going to be about?
1: <laughs> well, thank you so much. I do I do appreciate that. Um, that that's still in the planning phases right now. Uh, I was kind of thinking of actually updating the, the, the video, the live video book. Everybody is on video, video, video. Yeah. Um, I do have enough content for for that actually to potentially be a little bit more flushed out now. Uh, cause I do, I do do a fair amount of writing on, on live video here and there. Yeah. Um, you know, the next one, um, something around journalism, probably how do you mix the two, um, Ooh, how do you keep it? Good. How do you, how journalists make the switch to content marketing? How do you implement journalism tech tactics, techniques? into content marketing something like that so that's kind of it's not really top of top of mind right this second but um you know certainly that's something always to think
0: about well put another one in your back pocket i think you should do one on self-publishing too yeah
1: that's an interesting topic yeah. yeah
0: yeah and it's something that so many people ask about and there seems to be not as much information as one would think out there huh very interesting
1: okay I'll put that in my back pocket
0: yay. yay well talking about that then you've also written a book on on content give us a little so, some
1: storytelling and then uh, customer how to be customer focused yep
0: customer focused with, with content because content mm-hmm. is your I mean that's your your niche that's your market yep. so give us an idea of being customer focused. This is a problem a lot of people have. Okay, you you look at websites and, and you look at social media, and all of the about stuff is always about that person, and and really that's it needs to be customer focused. Everything needs to be customer focused. We each of us are each other's customers. Every time you talk, whether it's to your wife or your children or a business person, you are selling your idea, your your product, whatever. Yep. We need to really understand, I think, how better to craft that content. And and I think your your customer aspect is well this is just an extension of that. So maybe give a couple of tips on, you know, how, how do you do that and, and how do you tie it in to everything that you craft everything that people write
1: yeah so what's interesting is so the, the way content and storytelling fits together with being customer focused actually comes back to when you create a good customer experience the customers will actually share your story on your behalf right automatically and i'm thinking about even uh so i travel a lot and it's it's really hard for me nowadays to not fly american airlines and i personally can't relate to all the negative stories out there about Americana's because I have a very different experience, right? Or even the hotels I stay in, um, very, very, very similar. So I share their stories, right? I share their, I share my own experiences. And so what you wanna do, I'm not saying all the airlines are actually all customer focused, they're not, but they are customer focused for some of their, their uh, returning customers, right? So think about how do you create that experience for your customers to make it about them No, you don't want to make them the hero of your brand story. That's just marketing gobbledygook, quite frankly. But you do want to give them an experience that they feel like it's worth sharing. And here there's only two types of stories that people share. One is when they're really upset when Mm -hmm. something really didn't work. So like there's very few people who leave reviews and they say this was a three-star trip. I'm okay. They hardly hardly anybody does that. People go, "This is fantastic," or "This is crap."
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So, so what you want to do is you want to figure out how do you how do you um, turn those experiences, how do you make them work? Uh, and of course, training is involved with with the staff. It is top down. I hate to say it, but it is. Yeah. If the top down has the attitude that it's about the customer, and then the other thing is, we have to agree who the customer actually is. I'll give you an example in nonprofits, who is the customer? Is it the donor? Is it the person who uses the services? Um, you know, who is it? Um, yeah. Same when you, when, you, when you have an audience, right? When you build your audience, who is the customer of my blog? Is it my reader? Is it the people who wanna buy things from me? Which are sometimes readers, but not always. Um, who is it, right? So you have to make sure you actually agree on who that is. And when there's too many definitions and not enough agreement, Sometimes it doesn't work as well.
0: And in the nonprofit sector, I I think those that do it well, they not only focus on their donors, they focus on the volunteers that do all the heavy lifting and make it possible for those donors to give. And again, not about the hero stories, but just in general, about you know what it takes to be a volunteer and, and the breadth of what it is volunteers do in certain nonprofits. Well, in all of them. Uh, there, there's so many different areas that people really don't know about. And there's such a wealth of stories around us in, in all those areas. Yep.
1: Oh, there's stories all over the place. You can go, you can walk down the street and there's eight stories to share. So when people say to me, they have a story problem you know there's not enough stories happening it's baloney there's always stories happening you're either not encouraging people to share them uh you don't want to share them um or you don't you, you know or there's some other reason but there's always plenty of stories companies have enough content too i mean already if they're producing content there's always enough content uh, sometimes not the right kind necessarily but but there's always stories you can i mean I was in uh, at the Gulf of Mexico last week, and and I, there was like all these things I could write about, and some of them I did, some of them I shipped back to editors, and I said, take a look at this, that's interesting, this is interesting. It's like it didn't stop. I mean, there was it was just you know endless supply of things to talk about.
0: And that okay, let's not let's let's get a little niche down there because I really want you to give people the idea of this because people often will say. Oh, you know, people say, write, write authentic stories and, and just write. But as you just said, I, I just don't know what to write about or where would I look for those? So, okay. for instance, yeah, you just said you went to the Gulf of Mexico. So even, take it for instance, you're walking down the street in your own hometown, and that's Iowa, that's Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I don't know why, but I always keep thinking you're in Minnesota not that i know anybody in minnesota i don't know why minnesota is stuck in my head these days it just is anyway you're walking down the street cedar rapids just off the top of your head what could be something that would tweak your attention that you could turn into a story
1: i mean there's a hundred different things you know there's construction down the street what are they doing why are they doing it uh, what's the story behind the construction worker, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, what do they do when there's no construction season in Iowa, right? We have long winters. Do they get paid? Right? I mean, think about it. There's, you know, all these things. And then you, well, you're talking to them. Now you could talk about their family and what. Oh, now there's another story that comes from the spouse or whatever it might be. Um, I, I mean, there's so many stories. Even the other thing is I go in a lot of walking meetings downtown. and I have my headphones in. When they're on the phone and one thing i noticed is it's actually really loud downtown because there's buses driving by there's people and the other thing i noticed now everybody there a lot of people are smoking at the street corner right because you can't smoke on the properties anymore so now people are on the corners and it's super annoying because now you have to walk through the smoke so you could even write about that yeah. now you can so there's a gazillion different stories now the trick is for businesses before you go out and write about the construction worker don't write about the construction worker if it has nothing to do with your business. So you do have to tie it back to those goals that we talked about early on um, and then tell those stories. Now, the trick is not to overthink it, right? So I'll give you an example. Again, we're doing this live, so we're just kind of coming up with the ideas yeah. as we're going here. And um, so construction worker, um, what could be a story that has something to do with one of the brands I work with? One of the brands I work with is Meetings Today they're a publication for event planners. And so construction worker, let's see. How often are conferences impacted by construction around the convention center or whatever? See what I'm, see what I'm doing here? I'm building one idea on top of another. Um, could they do a story on that? Absolutely. Um, how often are there uh, accidents or how often, I mean, who knows, right? You can just kind of go from there and, and, and build on top of the different ideas.
0: Well, and I'm thinking for the event planners, who better to give them the lowdown on what the next big Congress center is going to be or where they they're planning on adding a new event place? Because a lot of the construction foremen and supervisors are already aware of where they're going to be next and what's coming down the line.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Yeah. So that's yeah another road in, in the same sort of area. I just, I'm so thankful to get to talk to you because you're doing exactly what I was hoping you do is showing people just how how really simple you can make it if you don't stick yourself deep in your head. Just just kind of, you know, riff as you can and, and take it somewhere. And I think every business, especially, um, you know, uh, not so much, government per se, but uh, not-for-profits and uh, companies that really do have a lot of different areas to choose from, when when they're doing their stories, there's probably a little bit of something in just about anything you could see on the street that you could tie back to your company, you know, to, to the volunteers. Maybe those construction workers all give a uh, a day, a month to Habitat for Humanity, or you know, there's there's so many sort of tie-ins that that you could look for.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a never-ending sea of stories, and then you just got to yeah. tie it all together. And that's you know maybe as one of the I don't know how long we go, but as one of the final notes or or whatever we can keep going, of course. But the um, over vetting of stories needs to stop. So yeah. what people do is they say, oh, I. They go to a committee meeting and they say, oh, I was walking down the street. And they already get interrupted by like eight people yeah. because everybody's, oh, me too. And whatever. And like, oh, that's not a story. We don't we don't care about streets here. Well, that's not the point because I haven't finished my sentence. Right. Yeah. And then say "So I'm, 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 I'm taught as a construction worker. Here's what blah, 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 blah. And now they try to vet every story to death. And that's exactly what happens with those stories. You know, they go to die because you don't even let them. Uh, come out and about. So um, don't overthink it. Don't have committee meetings for all kinds of um, uh, different things. Committees um, are not helping move strategy forward quickly. Uh, You know, yes, it's fine to have some structure, to have some people involved. You have to have people involved to tell your stories. It doesn't work any other way. Um, but, but you have to move, you have to publish them the story. I can tell you what, these are the stories that will never perform anywhere. The ones that don't publish. Yeah, nobody will read them. Right. So
0: such a good point, <laughs> such a good point. Yeah. And, and on, on that note, the, the, the vetting and the committees, and I, I think they have to take big companies really have to look at uh setting their policies completely different because social media has opened it up to a much shorter time frame because you know things get old as fast as they come out and and it is it is kind of a you know hurry up and get it out there but so often that freshness is what makes it work Mm -hmm. you know think think the uh, the oreo taking advantage uh oreo's taking advantage of the blackout at the super bowl Uh, somebody was definitely on their feet okay that was really really smart and rather than going to committee and thinking about how do we plan this they just off they went you know and it was it was a really excellent (laughs) campaign in terms of the bigger picture of authentic storytelling I I think we've kind of um overused the word so much that now people are uncomfortable with the term authentic you know saying uh, titling the book get real telling authentic stories for long-term success kind of kind of pulls it in a little more for people which I, I think is great but you can look back as far as forever. Think about it. The Bible is just a bunch of stories. That's how we communicate. And that's how we best understand Aesop's fables, Greek tales, the Viking Norse uh, old stories about the Valkyrie and all of those things. Okay. This is not something new. and And I think that's where people get tied up in, in maybe thinking about it too too much because they're they're trying to imagine something new when in fact it's always been right yeah
1: yeah we don't we don't need to overthink it that's i think that's and I, I don't know if it's even the overthinking as much as trying to be perfect and there's no such thing and then we then we don't actually want to tell authentic stories but we want to Uh, tell marketing stories, right, and only show our better side or our best side and how perfect we are. So, you know, sometimes I tell people, I say, you know, I'm as I'm as perfect as I look on social media or whatever, (laughs) uh, or I'm as excited, right. But so every once in a while, you have to post things that are not just a marketing story.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, because I don't know about about you, but there are days where things just don't always go right. right. (laughs) You know, uh, it, it happens. I was doing an interview a few years ago uh, with a guy in, I think at the time he was in Seattle. We'd only started about 15 minutes in, and the power went out here. I disappeared. Awesome. Huh. Didn't get back for 45 minutes. And God bless him, he held on and kept doing the show without me, uh, wow. which was great, but did not put me in a good light. Now, I could have certainly just hid that and and redone the show and asked him to put that aside. But no, we played that up because I thought it was great. <laughs> he went ahead and continued to do it. And what can you do? Sometimes these things happen.
1: So, what did, what did he do? He just talked for. He to just himself? kept talking. Yeah. yeah.
0: He just kept talking and saying, well, uh, you know, I bet you'll come back at some point.
1: <laughs> and you never did. Well, you did. Oh, I minutes did, later. but
0: uh, almost 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Oh, good. Good for him.
0: Yeah. yeah. So one thing I always do with guests is ask them to leave our audience with one um, tweak or tip they can immediately affect in their life, be it personal or business, something that you find useful for you, something that you do every day or something that you just think would be really helpful?
1: Yeah. So, so the one thing I would, re- I would recommend for people to think about is how do you do whatever you need to do in the most efficient way? So I'll give an example, use the latest tools and just use them until they can't be used anymore because they go out of business or right? I don't know. But I use this guy so often, the iPhone, for everything. You know, In fact, now I'm talking about, it. here's all the little hacks I use for different apps, for different things. So figure out what are those tools that you can use and then use them um, and just use them to your advantage. Don't be afraid. Somebody said to me um, the other day, I, I was saying you could use this app and they said, oh, now you have to learn that app. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Who, you have to learn it? my 4 year old picks up the iphone like she's taken the 40 hour iphone class <laughs> and, you know so so there's nothing to learn just pick it up and go and do it and see if it helps you be more efficient helps you do things differently you know i'll give you an example i mean i post things on social media all the time i blog all the time most of the people say to me when do you do it when do you post when do you when do you write and i say i write usually uh, sitting at home on the couch or I'm sitting on the exercise bike at the gym, right? I don't recommend to blog while you're on the treadmill, but on a, on a yes. bike, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, it works. Uh, and somebody says, well, my goodness, if you do that, then now um, the, the the workout isn't as good because now you're doing something else. That might be true, but it's still much better than me not doing any workout. So, um, mm-hmm. right. So anyway, something to think about. Use the tools that are out there. Um, there's plenty of tools out there. Just you know, keep that in mind.
0: I, I love the fact that you are um, so ready to jump on what's new. Uh, when when we were in Victoria, I was fascinated to watch you because you do have that phone going all the time. You use it for pictures. You're very adept, and and I think. I think it's something people can take away. What you just said is really important. I'm going to add to your, your thing about being on the bike. You're engaging your brain while you're doing what you're doing on the bike, which should technically build, uh, be burning more calories. So it can't be less of a workout. It's actually got to be more. That's just my thought anyway. Maybe. <laughs> Quick question. What are your top three apps that you use on your iPhone every day?
1: My t- you know what? what's funny about that is you can actually look that up, right? And the way you look it up, oh. well, it's not like an exact science. But <laughs> you look it up by seeing what uses battery the most. Yep. So I'm, I'm doing that right now. It's still um, here. Interesting. So in the last, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So in the last seven days by battery use, okay, yeah. I'll show it to you. So we have, I don't know if you can see it, Netflix. Netflix, Twitter, and the re- 17%. Netflix. So, so wow. the reason Netflix is currently up, because um, Orange is the New Black dropped their ne- new season. Oh. I'm, I'm not allowed to watch that at home on the TV because it's not appropriate for, for, children. for my daughters. And um, so 7 that makes total sense. 70% Netflix, 11% Twitter. Uh, 9% Facebook makes sense, 7% the WordPress app. So we talked about writing on your phone, right? Um, 7% Safari, 5% phone. I'm actually slightly surprised that the phone is up, that is Is one, two, three, four, five, six. So phone is in the top six and um, you know, top six. And that is, I mean, I use my phone at work. I don't even use the office phone. I just have my cell phone and I use that. It's much simpler with the AirPods yeah. in and everything. Um, so those are my top apps. I also use Hootsuite quite a bit. Still, there was a time I wasn't even recommending Hootsuite. Right now, um, you know, they they work uh, pretty well. I know they're I think they're out there in Vancouver, right yes. by uh, yeah. by Victoria, actually. So um, yeah, yeah, those are the apps I use. And then of course, when you're traveling, there's a there's other apps you know that you yeah. need
0: to yeah. use. Oh, that's that's really cool. It's it's great to see that everything you've told us in this interview, you just proved with your phone. You can even do your WordPress. It's all there, everything that you've said that you do. And I think that's absolutely um, a great impetus for people to say, you know what, obviously you can do it, and you can do it all with this little product that's right in your hand. So no more choices about not having a desktop computer or not having the latest big webcam or not having a laptop with incredible sound. The new phones really are little studios in themselves. That is true. So there's no reason why anybody can't do blogging, video, whatever you need to get those authentic stories out there. Everything to do with Christoph uh, and his book, and his other book, we will make sure we add to his page uh, on BBP TV show. And uh, I just have to say thank you ever so much to Christoph Trapp, the authentic storyteller. It was wonderful to have you here, and I look forward to seeing you hopefully again in Victoria. And uh, at other conferences, because I know you have a very full schedule. You have, are you coming to Ottawa anytime soon?
1: Not soon, but if you know of any conferences, uh-huh. send them away.
0: <laughs> oh, we will have to look at that for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm Elaine Lindsay, and this is BBP TV show affiliated with True social media check with us for next time. We have amazing guests that share their really interesting lives with you. Until then, make your day amazing, and we'll see you next time.